everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. <clears throat> I guess I am cheap, but I am what I am. He's cheap. Says Popeye. All right. Cheap, cheap, cheap. So what? It's, it's like a, a bird It's the only reason we still cheap, have a cheap, house. Cheap, 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 It's the only reason we still have a house and food oh, in the right. fridge. exactly. All right, so we got a great show today. <laughs> Andrew Dane is back with us. You know him from Timber Pizza and Call Your Mother, the world's greatest Well, I mean, you may place. know him from Timber no, Pizza you know and Call Your Mother if you can get in, because there's always a line at both places. Oh, <laughs> She must want him to advertise. Uh, but he's got something coming up now called Turus in Boston. We're going to hear all about that. Um, and you're going to do a supper club at Call Your Mother. I want to hear he's about that. He's already doing too. it. Well, I mean, They're doing it. You're doing it. It's happening. It. All right. Okay, so everybody knows somebody who has a great job, and you go, why can't I get that job? Uh, Samantha Brown is the host of P- the PBS series, Samantha Brown's Places to Love. She travels the world. She tells us all about it. It's a great gig. She's uh, going to be in town next week heading the D.C. Travel and Adventure Show mm-hmm. at the convention center, and she's going to be on the phone with us shortly. And the big question, the burning question today is, is it praline or praline? We're gonna sort find of a out. post Mardi Gras question if you recover <clears throat> from Mardi Gras. Uh, who, whoever really recovers. Susan Lim is in. She's a co-founder of It's Pauline or Pauline Bakery. Uh, yeah, Pauline. Pauline. It's That's, Pauline. Well, not, not if you're from the north. Um, in Bethesda. And we're going to talk all about that. And, and the wharf. We're eating her food. Okay. Yeah. You're missing wharf. all of it. Go ahead. Uh, who going. cares? I'm eating her food. Okay. Um, Everybody knows the Mayflower uh, Hotel downtown. It's really one of Washington's uh, private sector monuments. It's kind of where David and I got back together, actually. No, no, no. That's not true. That's, yeah, it is. No, no. Remember you took before. me to that crappy place? I, I and did. And then we wound up going I did, to the Mayflower I did, but that was in instead. the first. Nikki and I got together and broke up about three times before she begged me to marry her. So um, you remember that part, right? No, begging. Right. Yeah. yeah, I the think begging. that's, in my, but, that's my, uh, in my way of being in general. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's begging the question. Mm-hmm. Back to the Mayflower. The Mayflower had uh, in 2015 had a huge renovation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there. Uh, Corey Johnson is in. She's the GM, and she's a lively sort, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> and Mark Rios, a little bit quieter, but he's the creative director Aww. of Mixology and Spirit, so he he's speaks here. through his he's drinks. Like, hey. Well, I mean, you know, he's he's more quiet and reserved. Okay. But he speaks through his drink, so we're going to be doing all that. And Ryan Ward is in. If it's Sunday, we always have drinks, you know, aside from what Mark Rios brought in. Uh, Ryan is the beverage director at Momofuko, and we're going to be talking cherry blossom-themed cocktails and more. But first, we're going to go to our buddy Mitch Berliner at Central Farm Markets. Hi, I Mitch. assume you're there. Are you there? I am Wake indeed. Up. Can you hear wakey, me? Wakey, wakey. We can hear you. I am Hi, here. Mitch. Hey. Tell us what's Hi, happening at the markets, man. Today? Everybody's great. We're all happy to tell you, but we're all springing so, forward anyway, here. So what's going on? Oh God! <laughs> well, first I got to tell you that I just got off the phone with Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm, and he wants to hire you. So good. Uh, we'll start off with that. Oh, you guys thank God! I'm out of here. Thank you. That's great. Okay. Good. So uh, today I decided that we should focus on all the varieties of meats you can get from our vendors. I think that's a great idea. 
It's not Arby's has the meats. It's Bethesda's Central right. Farm Market does. Absolutely. And what we hear is a lot of buzz about plant-based this and plant-based that. Mm -hmm. And the reality is in 2018 was the record meat consumption per capita in America. That's so bad that's news if you're a cow, a lamb, or a brown. pig, boy. Okay, you're not helping him. <laughs> well, well, it does, but, uh, you know, whatever. It's been going on for millions of years. We're not mm -hmm. going to change it now. So besides the usual chicken, pork, lamb, we also have a lot of unusual meats. We have veal, rabbit, goat. We have all kinds of different cuts. We have over 40 different kinds of sausages from five different vendors. We have a vendor, Meat Crafters, full disclosure, I'm one of the partners, <laughs> that has over 60 varieties of sausages made with all different kinds of meats and combinations, lamb, beef, chicken, turkey. I think you guys have had some of our lamb We've had sausages, all of it. I think. You know how I feel about the skinny okay. salamis. Right. And you can also get cured meats at our market that are made by meat crafters. You can get skinny salamis. You can get 13 varieties of our regular-sized salamis. We have duck breast prosciutto, and very shortly we're going to have braziola, lanzino. So, well, so when it Mitch, comes to aside meat, from meat crafters, who are some of the vendors who are providing some of these uh, quality um, meats? Right. Our farmers include Liberty Delight Farms, which we've we visited them all, and it's a fabulous farm. They're the people that do rabbit. And their specialty is beef and chicken, and they have great, great product. The family, is, the farm has been in the family since the late 1600s. It's a great story. We have Sandra, who's been on your show with Painted mm -hmm. Hand Farm. She uh, does goats. She does chicken. She does veal. We have Springfield Farms, who has... Um, Duck, I forgot to mention that. The duck is out of this world, easy to do, put on the grill, uh, their duck breast, and in uh, five minutes you have okay. restaurant quality. Mitch, unfortunately, stuff. we got to so, move on. Um, uh, Central Farm Markets well, in Bethesda and Rockville, correct? Pike and Rose. Pike and Rose. We, we, yeah, we'll be opening up our um, other Montgomery County markets uh, within like a month and a half. So right. um, go to our website and find out all about and it. Do those it's rabbit farmers say kill the rabbit when okay. they're, no? We got to wrap it up. Okay. Let's go. All right, man. We're going to move on. <laughs> Thanks very much. You got to wrap you, it Mitch. up. All right, okay. Bye. You got it. Take care, kids. All right. Bye -bye. Okay. So Ryan Ward, what yeah. is the, your background? How did you get into booze? Get into booze. Oh, man. Were you That's in elementary school and yeah. right no. at the at the ripe age? No, mm -hmm. uh, I started bartending uh, to pay my way through college at a bunch of dive bars and just really found a love for it and uh, moved around the country to to follow that. I worked in Chicago and Florida and New York and found myself in D.C. about three years ago. How'd you wind up at uh, the new Momofuku at the at City Center? Oh, it's really funny actually because I worked uh, I worked out in the harbor for my first year and. Uh, the beverage manager that was at Momofuku at the time uh, you got to speak into the mic or uh, else nobody's going to hear you. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Everyone, this is Ryan Ward. <laughs> right. uh, it's really funny, actually. They, they gave me a call and, and asked about taking the job because the beverage manager that was at Momofuku at the time was coming to work at Sugatash, so we essentially switched jobs. Oh, so too. you like traded places? Yeah, that exactly. That is so DC. Right, exactly. 
Okay, so as you got into the cocktail program, how did you go about developing what you wanted to serve there? I think, honestly, we take a ton of lead from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we had um, Chef on a little while ago, and that we was, did. was we a fun time. Him. He's amazing. Yeah, he's hilarious. So. Uh-huh. And he gives me a ton of inspiration. And he can cook. He oh, can yeah, cook. he can. His food is so. fabulous. So, I mean, what we're doing basically is the same thing the kitchen's doing. Mm-hmm. So, is, what are we starting with today? Uh, so, this is a. You gotta still look at us. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is our um, pocket full of cherry, which is a take on a spritz, mm-hmm. and some with a little bit of. Vermouth that's infused with Sakura, a little sparkling sake, and then finished with some rhubarb syrup. Excellent. All right. Well, while you're passing that around, because I think everybody should get a taste of that, uh, let's, let's talk get to, to Andrew. Andrew. So, Andrew, the last time we had you on, Call Your Mother had not yet opened. Correct. Uh, Timber Pizza was rocking. Um, it was still hard to get in, but you guys also have, you're at all a lot of farmers markets. Yep. So, people have lots of ways to access uh-huh. uh, your product. And then call your mother. You had bagel opened. dreams. Yeah. What? How did that happen? Even. What do you mean? You just. Well, I mean, you just woke up one day and said, "Let's open up a bagel store." A mini yeah, bagel. I mean, I don't. know. I grew up eating bagels. Always loved bagels. I went to grad school in New York and just ate a bagel almost every way on the train to grad school every morning. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back to D.C. and just not on the level of New York. And so after. Uh, a little wild timber is time for the next thing, and we love warm carbs, so we so, got but dirty with it. No kidding. So, with bagels, though, how did you decide on the kind of bagel you were going to do? Because you know, there's New York bagels, yeah. There's Montreal bagels, mm-hmm. and then there's just you know. But everybody says it's the water in New York that makes their bagels the bagels. But then there's just bad bagels, right? <laughs> right? Well, there are there are bagels that are like hockey pucks, yeah. And bagels so like, that are like bread with a hole in the yeah. middle. Okay, I'm going to answer all the four questions. Go ahead, go okay. crazy. Uh, it's like Passover here. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> what timber, we say Neapolitan-ish. We sort of call ourselves like the ish kings or whatever. Okay. Um, so with the bagel, we literally wrote down all the attributes of a Montreal and a New York-style bagel and just like mm. picked our favorite ones. And then And then just combined it. them. So we say it's like if a Montreal and a New York ba- bagel had a, a baby. So <laughs> A baby bagel. Yeah, a baby bagel. So <laughs> That's what it is. I okay, cannot so, even imagine bagels having sex, but that's another thing. So talk well, about the supper there's club. Two holes. How are you doing a supper club at, at that's disgusting. I know, this is a family I, show. I, Come I, on, I, man. I, uh, how how do you do a supper club at Call Your Mother? Yeah, well, so it's a bagel, it's like a breakfast lunch spot. So it's just sitting empty at nighttime. So one just has like a business guy that hurt me to see the space sitting empty. And then also Daniela, the chef at both places, is incredibly talented, and I think sometimes she gets pigeonholed as just being like a pizza and bagel chef. Um, and so part of it is just like letting her show off her cooking chops. Well, can we talk about her a little bit? Because yeah. I feel like, I mean, she does get some attention, but mm-hmm. you get an awful lot of attention given that it's your Me? concept. Yes, you. Oh my God, you're a media whore. I'm behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. I'm okay. behind the scenes. Come on. So, oh, yeah. um, Gosh, let's talk a little bit about her and yeah. sort of her, her cooking acumen. Yeah, so she moved to D.C. as an au pair, just like, you know, the babysitter program, but mm-hmm. had a love for cooking. So she was uh, taking classes at Carlos Rosario, which is a local nonprofit to teach immigrants kitchen skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the only student there ever to get a scholarship to the CIA. So she got a full ride to the oh, CIA at Hyde her. Park, went up there, bossed it out, uh, finished, went and worked at 11 Madison Park for six months. Okay, that's no easy NBD. Right. Um, and then she moved back to Argentina and was working at a restaurant there. Um, but just felt this draw back to D.C. So she moves back to D.C. And she was waiting for a job at the Shaw Bijou to open. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, right. we won't get into a that. six months um, later. And then we were just at a farmer's market selling pizza. And she walked up and 
um, said, hey, if you guys need any part-time help, like, I'd love to help out. And I was like, you want to work for – like, nobody had ever wanted to work for us, right? It had been, like, me well, begging my friends. Right, your yeah. reputation proceeds. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so we were like, sure, you want to work for us? Right. Um, and it was it was clear pretty quickly that she could, like, take us to a place we couldn't get to without her, and she just elevated everything. Um, God, isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Like, and four years later, luck. now we're dating. We live together. It's it's a whole thing. So that's business inc- partner, lady incredible. friend, the whole thing. Okay, so then now but you guys didn't know that one. Yeah, that. you know okay. what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so Timber does its thing. Uh-huh. Call your mother is off and running. Yep. And now you've got two new projects. Let's first talk about the suppers because yep. I love this concept. I feel like it's just starting to percolate in DC. Mm-hmm. The use of space that's not used at other times, where mm-hmm. we're seeing a real national trend towards that. What's what's what are you guys thinking behind this? Yeah, so like part of it's just using the dead space, and then part of it was. Danny and I love to eat, but like we're not having that much fun when we go out to eat anymore. It's just like so stuffy, and it's just such an ordeal. You should and come so, out with us. We have fun where we eat all the time. Okay, well, yeah, you guys. Until the check, I, I haven't gotten well, that invite yet. The cheap so guy who gets a check, but yeah, go ahead. Until the um, check shows up. It's not. It's not that it's not fun. It's just like so overdone, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this cow was milked by this river, and this is where this cheese comes from. This house. I know where like, you're I don't reading. Give a F, right? I won't go there. So um, go ahead. <laughs> and so we just wanted to make like a really casual, fun dinner party where it felt like you're at your friend's house. Mm-hmm. So it's 18 seats. Menu changes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So how many nights? It's, it's just three nights a week. Three nights a week. Uh, Tuesday's homemade pasta night. So mm-hmm. last week we did homemade spaghetti and meatballs, gnocchi. Why are you looking at me? Pastrami and ricotta stuffed tortellini. Wait, reserve four seats for Tuesday. Wait, hold on one second. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish what the rest of the suppers are like and, and your new space. Then we're going to talk about two roos. Two roos. In Boston. Pizza. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. I have a sugar high already, and the show has just begun. We'll be back in Can't just a sec. Can't shut her up. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Real quick, uh, you can be watching the show as well on Facebook Live. It's at Nikki Nellis, N Y C C I. Nellis. Everybody knows how to spell that. And you can watch. M I L L E R. That's what people always yeah, say. Yeah, they always say, okay, Mr. Miller. And Andrew's raising the roof. I don't okay. know why. And, but I, I also want to thank uh, ProFish because uh, we love our sponsors and mm-hmm. just want to make sure everybody knows the best sustainable seafood. In America, right Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so Andrew, back to you. Um, okay, so you've got this supper club. It's Tuesday, yep. Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. How do people access it? How do we Tickets get online. Who are you using for tickets? Uh, there's Uh-oh, some free service question. on our website, so oh, it looks okay. like it's ours. Okay. I don't know. Can't so remember does the supper club imply um, entertainment, too, or no? No. I, was like I crack a couple club. jokes. Oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, anyways, I'll bet the food's good. <laughs> So anyway, is it always the same every Tuesday, Wednesday, no, so Thursday? So Tuesday is that pasta night I was talking about. Yes. Wednesday is sort of like if you're going, if you were 12 and going to a bowling alley for a birthday party, it's like mm-hmm. that type of menu. So it's pizza, burgers, chicken nuggets, fries, oh, God. onion oh, rings, all uh, made from scratch. Sing to uh-huh. me, Andrew. That one's good. Me. And then Thursday night we're doing a southern dinner. Um, hush puppies, chicken fried turkey, black eyed peas, peel and eat shrimp. So much fun. Rice, greens, nice. cobbler. I'm cool. there. All you can drink, beer and wine, well, um, welcome cocktails. And what's it go well, for? It's sixty eight fifty, includes tax, tip, that's drinks, great. the whole thing. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Accessible now, for everybody. Now, will she ever be doing anything based on like where she grew up? Yeah, so this menu is going to change a lot. So we'll okay. do this one for a couple months, and then mm-hmm. once the weather turns and it's a little warmer, we'll switch it up. We might see an Argent. 
Tinian Asado at some point. That would be so. fabulous. All right, let's. Tell we got us. about two minutes. I yeah. want to talk about two roofs. Yeah, let's hear about. Yeah, it. so we were just. It was originally going to be a timber out in the Boston Mall, a new food, right. food hall, and I think what Danny and I enjoy the most is just sort of like the creative process and creating new stuff. Um, so we just wanted to come up with a new style of pizza. It's more like big pie New York style, still in a wood fired oven, so just cooked at a much lower temperature, crispy so thinner, as hell, larger, larger, thinner, crispy, so you can get slices. So mm-hmm. you come get a. A big uh, circle pie slice, a square pie slice. It's sort of like if you went to a pizzeria in the 90s in Phoenix that was doing New York style. Okay. I didn't, so I'm yeah. not really clear what Me that neither, means. Me neither, but that's okay, the concept. That's, that's where there's like... Well, because when I think of square pizza, I think about being in Rome. You know, like when you're mm-hmm. in Italy and you go to Rome, the pizza's square. They what cut a tourist. It, they make it into a sandwich. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, everybody's walking around with the, the square pizza. Yeah. But like in the city, New York, you know, you go to, you get a slice. Yeah. So you're going to be doing both? Both. Excellent. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. What? As I've said many times, having lived there, I never saw a square pizza that wasn't Rome. that wasn't in a tourist trap. Okay, that's what they do in Rome. This is, okay, now we're it's a tourist trap. Okay. Boston <laughs> Mall. You heard it here right. first. In Boston Mall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going right. to be a tourist trap. So what what are we looking at? When are we thinking? We're hoping to do a soft opening end of this week. Oh, so, so really soon. It's built out. We just have to pass health inspection. Oh, good luck. Yeah, so all maybe right. in 10 weeks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, hold the table for me for Tell Tuesday Tell everybody night. where they can find you at all your properties, please. Timber Pizza, 809 Upshur in Petworth. Call your mother, 3301 Georgia Avenue, mm-hmm. Parkview. Next week, Ballston Quarter Mall, Supper Club at Call Your Mother. Right. I think that's it for now. Okay, Farmer's so Market's wait. everywhere. Peep Farmer's the website. Markets, Fresh Farm Markets in yeah. all locations. Nice. Right. Thank you. Thank all right, you. Brian, us. back to you. Question, uh, particularly when you're working on these cherry blossom-themed cocktails and all that, how closely do you work with Chef so that, you know, so that Momofuku doesn't go off the, you know, the edge of the cliff? Off the rails. Uh, I work with Tay every day. I always make sure, like, I run ideas by him, and, like, he tries a bunch of the ingredients that we make. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually, a lot of times, get things from the kitchen and incorporate that into the bar, which is really nice. Well, I think also we should mention, you know, for people who haven't been to Momofuku since Chef Tay has taken over the kitchen, the concept has changed drastically right. like i was there for lunch a couple of weeks ago and i was with people who had not been there and they were like where's the ramen i was like oh no 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 there's no, no, no ramen no, 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 here no. right so can we talk about that just a little bit sure i mean it was one of those things that when we uh started down here we weren't sure what we wanted to do as a as a brand basically and mm-hmm. um tay was a big part of making this huge change that we want to be much more sustainable and locally focused and have like a real sense in the community and and a lot of that has to do with, you know, how we're sourcing our ingredients and where the menu's going. I'm trying to remember. Is he from Baltimore originally? He is, yeah. yeah. So he had sort of a feel for the Chesapeake region that oh, absolutely. wasn't there before. All right, great. What are you making next? Next we're going to do a little scotch-based cocktail with a little persimmon, some uh, cherry amaro from uh, the Don Chicho guys, which is the local uh, yeah, distillery. Good friends with them. Yeah, absolutely. But so. we're going to be mopping up guests here. Yes. Okay. Like, All this right. one's All right. got a so little half. You get to make that. So on the phone with us is somebody whose job everybody wants. Uh, Samantha Brown is the host of the PBS series, Samantha Brown's Places to Love. And what she does is travel the world and tell us all about it. Hi, Samantha. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Hi. We're, we're just going to hate on you yeah. just a little bit this yeah. morning while we talk about how fabulous That's your fine. job is. That's fine. I can is. take it. Are you, where I are you phoning in yes, from? Yes. Uh, Kathmandu? <laughs> yes, somewhere like that? Yes, where are you today? I, I am from my home office in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, okay. very unglamorous. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Brooklyn is super sexy. Everybody loves Brooklyn's Brooklyn. Brooklyn's yep. the hot spot now. So yeah. talk a little bit about how this all happened to you, because you've been doing this for, if I'm right on my reading, about 20 years. 
uh, and I nobody wakes up and says that's what the job I'm going to do. How did you? How did it happen? Yeah, so I, I went to school for musical theater, uh, Syracuse well, University. Close. Graduated, moved to New York City to pursue uh, being a Broadway actress, and that did not work out. Um, I waited on tables for close to ten years in New York City. And um, just started auditioning, got an audition for the Travel Channel, had no idea what a travel host was. I had never traveled before. It was from New Hampshire. We went to uh, to uh, Canada. It was the biggest uh, destination I've ever been to up until, like, I was 22 hey, years old. Hey, it's still, and, uh, it's got still it. got international travel. It's still yeah. crossing a border. Yeah, you have a passport or something. Yes, but, but you know what? I, I didn't. I mean, it was so long ago, we didn't need a passport. Oh, that's true. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> There was still a border. You still had to go through, you know, immigration and have uh, custom officers kind of go around your car and scare you a bit. But there was no, that was the time where there was no passport needed to get to uh, to, uh, well, to Canada. So It sounds like musical theater, uh, you know, that the entertainment is the gateway to something else because we have two sons that did that. And, and neither one is in theater or the movies or anything else. But one so. is in the restaurant industry and one is in uh, IT. He's, I, a, he's well, in Silicon Valley. But he's on He's but anyways, social. Yeah. Anyway, so so you got this, <laughs> and and all of a sudden you're traveling all over the world. Did you know what to do? I had no idea what to do. I had you know I had grown up uh, watching Rick Steves, and I loved Lonely Planet, and I knew that I was nothing like any of those hosts. I wasn't an expert. I wasn't courageous and fearless. Um, and I think in the end that just kind of worked for me because I was just a normal person who people could relate to who got to see the world for the first time. So I really approached it just as I was seeing it, really a newbie and, um, you know, vulnerable and maybe naive. And um, and I think it just that kind of clicked with a lot of people who, you know, I think, you know, travel is one of these things that, and, and I certainly felt that way, that travel is for the privilege. You know, people who are either privileged with time, uh, money, mm-hmm. and, and even more so confidence. And so really, for the last 20 years, I've been trying to create content travel shows that really debunk that. You don't need money, a lot of money, I should say. Um, You do need time, but, you know, confidence comes. And so those are the three things that I really wanted to bring to each show, that travel really is for everybody. Well, I think you bring up a really good point, because I think there are those people who are intimidated by travel, no matter where they're going, because of sort of the... right. Different than how it was 20 years ago when you started, there's so much information about everywhere mm-hmm. you're going. And so there's a little bit mm-hmm. of FOMO. You know, everybody's like, did I get to the right restaurant? Did I yeah. go to the right beach? Am I going yeah. staying at the right hotel? Like it can be like stressful and overwhelming instead of just, yeah, let's just go to wherever and enjoy it. I'm and sorry, that's feel never bothered me. But well, that's... I think there are people who feel that way. <laughs> I mean, would you disagree? No, definitely. And it? I think... Yeah, yeah, and I think, and, and definitely travel, you, you brought up a really great point. It's, it's changed before. When I first started traveling, there was no information available to us. You had to go through travel agents. You had, right. you know, people had like a lock hold on information, and now it's completely democratized information, and now there's almost, uh, I'm sorry, there isn't almost, there's too much information. And right. then, of course, you have to call through all the reviews that everybody leaves. And it's just like, uh, there's so many reviews that you think are important, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think, I feel like the whole travel planning process has become almost paralyzing for a lot of people. Oh, but I'll tell you one of my, my tips that I think you'll really appreciate, oh, because, tell me. Um, you know, you focus so much on food, is that whenever I travel to a destination, especially a foreign destination, um, and I'm there for like three or four days, 
I create a ritual. I go back to the same either breakfast spot, cafe, or dinner place every single day. Mm -hmm. So what I don't like about travel is it makes us think that we have to do new things every single moment of the day. You know, never go down the same road twice. We have to try all those amazing restaurants everyone's talking about. We have to wait in two-hour lines to get a cronut. And we have to, there's all these things we now have to do. And I don't believe in any of that. Uh, And I think uh, travel is where... To the choir, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, Meet sorry? my wife, oh, who has good, to go good. somewhere new every time we travel. Okay, but that's, oh, that's yeah. entirely I'm untrue. Sure. That is not entirely okay, untrue. Okay, so for the <laughs> but, record, no, let me just say, for the record, we have plenty of time, shush. So here's the thing. I, I do want to go to new places, but I hate being a tourist. So to me, yeah. whether going to the same coffee shop every morning or going to someplace every day to sort of create this, like, I could live here. I I like to pretend I belong to wherever I go. And I think a lot of people want that feeling. They don't want to feel like a fish out of water when they're in a new location. All right. I must have traveled yeah, and with somebody else. Yeah, I think for me, creating a, creating a ritual does that. You know, you, if you just go to the same place every day for a, a nice a nice glass of wine at the same bar, mm-hmm. a coffee to begin your day at, you really, you slow down. And I think we're just being, you know, as adults, we are bullied by time. Mm-hmm. And, and then we just kind of take that being bullied by time in our normal lives and we just apply it to travel, which is the worst thing you could do. Travel is where we become reflective. It's where we interact with people, where we don't interact with people a lot in our daily lives. So slow down. And I think just going to the same place every single day, it just naturally puts you in that that really purposeful pacing where you should be when you travel. Well, you have so much to impart. And the important thing for our listeners to know is that you're going to be in town next weekend at the DC Travel and Adventure Show at the Convention Center. And you're actually going to be leading a group of celebrity speakers, including our old friend, Peter Greenberg, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew McCarthy, who's an award-winning travel writer and uh, an actor. We all remember him. And uh, Patricia Schultz, who's Like the... Pretty in Pink? That Andrew McCarthy? I think it yeah. is that Andrew oh, McCarthy. Yes, okay. that Andrew McCarthy. That's right. right. He's still yes. 19 and, and traveling. <laughs> and, uh, and Patricia Schultz, who wrote uh, that New York Times bestseller, 100, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die. I better mm. hurry up. You better hurry. I'm close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, And I also I do want to mention the, the great plug. You've got a, a new 30-minute th- uh, show on PBS called Places to Love, which is all these little-known spots that you've found that you want us to know about so we can all go there and ruin them, right? <laughs> I don't have that pull, I think, with with the traveling audience. But yeah, it's definitely to shine a light more on what I call B-side destinations. You know, records, there were the A-sides and the Mm B-sides. And B-side destinations offer just as much as their A-side counterparts, uh, just less of that. So, you know, I I always think like, hey, if you're going away for four days, do you need 200 restaurants to choose from? No, you need a good 10. So if you go to B-side restaurants, you get a cheaper price, you get more affordable travel. um, And there's not a deluge of tourists. It's just kind of you. Oh, you are, a great you are playing so. my tune. Well, listen, we really appreciate your time this morning, and everybody should go and see Lovely you next week you too. at the D.C. Convention yeah. Center. Um, tell everybody where they can find you online or on social, whatever your priority uh, just, is. Uh, yeah, samantha-brown.com on Instagram. I'm Samantha Brown Travel. All right. Thank you so much, Samantha. See you next week. This thank is David you. and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be right back. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Uh, Ryan? Let's talk another well, Ryan, hot drink from this Momofuku. Is really this drink delicious. is crazy. It's fun, right? Like yeah. East Coast, West Coast is what we're calling it. Mm. So, I mean, I'm, and I love the glassware. I'm glass obsessed. Right. Very I pretty. mean, Very it wants pretty. to look pretty. I mean, that's because my I glass. I always want to make sure it tastes tastes amazing <laughs> first. But you also you eat with your eyes when you and drink with your eyes in the same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Okay, so what do we got going on next? So next, we're doing a little Hey Jealousy. I don't know if you noticed, but obviously, Jim Possums, like, like Hey Jealousy. Lots of, lots Am I supposed to break out into song? For sure. I mean, okay. feel free to. A mm-hmm. uh, little London Gin and then some of that Don Chicho Serasm uh, finished with a little orange curacao and a Sakura syrup that we make in-house. Excellent. All right, well, you get to that. You're a musicologist. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk to Susan Lim. And is it praline, praline, Pro, it's praline. It's Protein. It's praline. Praline. That's what Patrick, who is French, and this is where we got the name from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's praline. It's uh, and we're not the southern pralines or pralines that people make with the brown sugar, cream, and pecans. Um, it is actually a, and it's still a nut, but it's covered in red sugar. And um, and then you fold that into any number of desserts. Actually, in his but it's a it's a nut. It's a nut from France, from, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, is it Lyon from Lyon? It's Lyon, uh-huh, mm-hmm. from Lyon, and that's where. Oh, not uh, Lyon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's where um, Patrick. That's his hometown, and that's mm-hmm. where you know everybody knows that Lyon is the um, kind of like the gastron gastronomic. 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 I mean, home. the fact that I'm saying that correctly, yeah. just so you know, I mispronounce everything. <laughs> that's all right. The time. So um, that's where um, that's where he's from, and um, that's where we got our name. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to Lyon, you'll see all kinds of desserts made with this uh, red-colored nut. Um, what is it though? What is it's the an nut? almond? It's an almond that they covered in red sugar. Okay. And then um, they break off pieces of it, or they put pieces of it in. Like we, I brought what what I brought was um, one that's folded into brioche, which is a buttery, eggy kind of um, really light, like bread. That apparently that's what when Marie Antoinette said, "Let them eat cake." This she is was what she was talking about. Bread. Okay. Well, this is, this that was a good is idea. Kind of like a cake. So, but this is one of your signature items. This is one of our signature but, items. Um, we have tried to introduce it a number of times. We're hoping that people will finally kind of catch on because this is by far. The, when Patrick goes to France, he says, "What do you want?" And I was like, "I don't want anything. I'll give you a Ziploc. Bring me back one of those." Okay. Can you cut into it so we I can will see what it looks like? Right. So. Now, tell us a little bit about the bakery because you guys started in okay. Bethesda. So we started in Bethesda, and um, we have it's a bakery and a bistro. Mm-hmm. So we have a bistro upstairs with a really nice little terrace. We've the been summertime. there. It's lovely. And um, and we I just want to let people know that it's not just it's French food, but it's like casual French food. Mm-hmm. So you can bring your kids. We have a nice little kids menu. Mm-hmm. Um, not kid, not kids menu like chicken nuggets kid menu, but like okay. food that I would feed my kids. Great, so you can leave it. Is. That's cool. Look at that. There That's go. gorgeous. It is. So everybody wants a piece. Can we Don't talk a little bit Let's about talk, you? Because I know your Let's story talk. from working uh-huh. with the folks at the dearly departed Academy de Cuisine. You were in Georgetown's Foreign Service School. No, or something. I was actually in there. Um, they have a very cool kind of liberal arts um, continuing education grad school program mm-hmm. that. I, I was I'm originally from California and my parents you know they're you can't move unless you're gonna go to school at that point so I was like well I'm going to grad school because uh, I graduated from um, UCI in L, um, California and so I, I was going to Georgetown because it was a part-time program I had some extra time and I always loved to cook but and you so, ditched school and so went to cooking I, school I went to cooking school but I didn't ditch school she didn't ditch school she did you get the other degree I did get oh, the other degree oh that story they tell is that Academy no, was so I was wonderful you ditched it no oh. I didn't ditch it but I graduated but as soon as I graduated I ditched the degree and right. went into the food business so it's kind of true money well spent <clears throat> yeah I mean yeah, yeah. I mean well, I'm sure hey, you use but it I, um, and then I was fortunate enough that um, I got the opportunity to work with great chefs um, Mark Ramsdale who was my um, instructor at Academy mm-hmm. um 
was also the assistant for Roland Mesny at the White House. So he, you know, let me go work for Roland at the White House. And Roland's a great chef. He's, you know, very, um, just really cool. And you had him on about where, And that's where I met ago, um, yeah. Patrick, my business partner. Mm-hmm. So that's so I, I did finish grad school, but I loved baking. It was like the day we made croissant. And I'm sitting there watching Mark make it. And he's like, this is how you do it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Anybody could open a cookbook and make a cake because you just follow directions. But right. like croissants, you actually need it's a technique. It's very technique. No, it's very, and, very technical. And that's it's just like, like that fluffy, is just, yeah. flaky. And you got to do it right. If you don't do it right, if it's too cold, too hot, whatever, it doesn't work. So that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to finish grad school, but I am going to do pastries. That was like my sister even made me keychains that said like pastry is my life because that's all I did. Like. I was working 13-hour days, and I was happy. That's so nice. I mean, okay, so now just... today you brought in all these yes. pastries. Let's talk about some of the pastries that are on the menu. And also let's talk about the wharf because you guys mm-hmm. just opened there. We so just you... opened. Now there you're just a bakery. We're just a bakery there. Um, we do have some savory items, but it's just a bakery. We have a kitchen there as well, so everything is baked fresh. So we don't we won't be running out of cookies in the middle of the day because we did try a pop-up. Once, um, when we actually started off, because we have another location at the Mosaic District mm-hmm. in Merrifield, and um, in the beginning, while we were under construction, they're really nice to give us a little pop-up location, and um, we were bringing the stuff from Bethesda, but it was almost like a farmer's market kind of situation where mm-hmm. when you run, ran out at three o'clock, you're out. When you you're done, nothing. you're done. So uh, we uh, made sure we had a kitchen. So we have a kitchen at. Um, at the Mosaic District and also at the war. So, well, me, no, you... I want to ask a question because you've got a great little neighborhood business over mm-hmm. uh, up in Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And isn't moving to the wharf like a, I mean, that's a big dice roll. It was, yeah, it was Why? kind of Why is big, it a big Because that's the big, big leagues. It's big rents. It's D.C. And... and it's big rents. And we've always um, wanted to be in D.C. We just didn't quite know where. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the opportunity at the wharf came up and we actually took a nice little tour and it was right almost at the end um, when they were finishing the project, and it was just amazing just to kind of see, you know, how they've, like, thought about pretty much everything, the transportation. Because, you know, when people think of D.C., they're like, oh, I don't want the parking. But they do – there's a free shuttle that takes you up from the metro, so you can always, you know, come mm-hmm. without having to worry about parking. And and we've wanted to kind of bring our stuff to D.C. I mean, we're close to D.C. and Bethesda, and it's and we're very lucky that people come from – Everywhere to come mm-hmm. to that little, because it's a little hidden yeah. off the beaten path, not in downtown Bethesda. I mean, it's Bethesda, but it's basically no. Like, that's true. It's off know, the it's beaten off, path. It's almost. But you know, DC is not known for. There's not a lot of bakeries in DC. You know, like for a while there were. Mm-hmm. You were one of the very, very few. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like now it's nice that you're spreading out and that there are more. Uh, bakeries that are opening up in the area that people have and access we to. we offer, like, because we have a full kitchen in, Bethesda, uh, in at the wharf, we, mm-hmm. we bake everything there. But also, because we go there daily, mm-hmm. anybody, if there's something that's not on our menu in, um, in, in the wharf, I can always bring it from Bethesda and just have it delivered there. Because people, that's the other thing that a lot of people have enjoyed is ordering something and then getting it, like, "Quote unquote," delivered closer to home, so they don't have to like make the deli- um, make the ride out to Bethesda. Cool. So. Now you mentioned we're gonna have to wrap up in two seconds. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you guys do some savory options. Savory what does options. that mean? Is that like we, ham and cheese croissants? We do ham and cheese croissants, but we also have sandwiches that um, Patrick actually had. We developed with our bread baker because mm-hmm. uh, we don't do breads because that's a whole different sure. thing. But um, we so we make like the ca- classic jambon beurre. 
We do chicken salad, tuna salad, turkey and brie, mm-hmm. you know, different salads like uh, anisoise salad. Um, down at and the that's wharf. available at the wharf? Mm-hmm. Great. And then we do, you know, other kinds of um, things, as well as all our pastries, our croissants, our danishes, our cookies, and um, our French macaroons that people love. Great. Which all we, right. we all have all those in studio, so we'll yeah. be able to take some pictures and, and put those out. Can we order online? Give your web address, too. So um, you can order online for Bethesda Pickup, and, but if you want to pick up any other locations, you just need to ask for availability. Um, our website is www.praline-bakery.com. Okay. And have Thank all you. that information. All, all good right, great. Food. All right, we're going to ask you, you to, you should move that brioche over here okay. so we can taste it. <laughs> all right. And then we're going to ask you to move your okay. stuff out of the way so we can bring on our next guest. So the Mayflower Hotel is a cornerstone property. Thank you. Been Looking on Connecticut this. Avenue since 1925. Um, uh, I. Dare say that Corey Johnson has not been general manager since 1925, (laughs) nor has Mark Rios been the mixology and spirits guy. But we we asked them in here today because there's a lot of stuff going on there, and you're doing some new partnerships that are unusual, I'd say, for a hotel in uh, period, including one with the uh, grooming lounge, which is pretty cool. Yes. So, hi. Hello. How are you? Welcome. Hi. So, why don't you give two minutes of background on the hotel, which is a historic landmark. Absolutely. So, to your point, David, uh, Mayflower's been in the D.C. area for about 1925, and about two and a half weeks ago, we actually celebrated our 94th year. So we're 94 years young. I remember the ribbon cutting. It was great. <laughs> Big really? time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think uh, what's probably more important is that over the course of those 94 years, the Mayflower has been attached to so many different things. At one point, we were a Weston. At one point, we were a Hilton. At one point, we were a Stouffer. And at one point, we were in a Renaissance. And something very key happened for us in 2015. We actually uh, became the autograph collection which if I had to think about all the different brands that Mayflower's been, it's, it's right on point with us. It's about um, not non-cookie cutter buildings. Uh, it's about it being unique, iconic, and have its own story. Um, and that absolutely meets Mayflower's piece. And so in 2015, uh, we became the autograph. And I think since then, we've been really embracing the individuality and the relevancy and the history of the hotel, but most recently in a fun way, which is how Mark sort of joined our team as well. All right. Well, Mark here, step up to the plate here for a second. Let's talk a little bit about you. You're you're the the creative director behind Mixology Spirits. What does that mean? Um, anything you wanted to mean, really. Okay, well, it's got <laughs> to mean fantasy? a little bit more than that. <laughs> I'm Mark. Uh, I'm your fantasy guy. Okay. Be really short. <laughs> um, but basically, um, they brought me on uh, to the Mayflower to really revamp our beverage program uh, and really bring it to the mm-hmm. next level. Um, with so much competition in DC. Uh, we really wanted to make ourselves relevant again and uh, kind of put that forward through our beverage program. Um, so there's a lot of history, like Corey was alluding to, with uh, the hotel and, um, you know, D.C.'s history and prohibition. And the Mayflower Hotel was actually the first business in the D.C. area to reapply for a liquor license after prohibition. Because they weren't serving it during prohibition. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, 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 we know what happens, right? So yeah. as soon as you outlaw it, then 300 well, pop-ups happen elsewhere, right? But it would so. make sense. I mean, that bar, right when you walk in on the left, it's a great little bar. I mean, you're so centrally located downtown that that is... I mean, it's like a no-brainer for yeah. drinks after work and yeah. then dinner and all that. It makes a ton of sense. So what's this first drink that you uh, So up? this first one we have is going to be uh, our 1925 Punch. So it's, um, you know, our our take on like a flat power punch, which was very popular during the 1920s. Um, so you have a uh, twist of uh, bourbon, uh, rum, allspice dram in there, uh, house-made sour mix, and a little bit of grenadine. 
Okay, Good you know, much. we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about sort of the research you've done for okay. some of your cocktails. And then we got to talk about these great programs. Right, so. and everything that's going on at the hotel. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute. Are we back on the air? I guess we are. <laughs> well, we're back with Foodie and the Beast. If you paid attention to David, Andy, you I don't know. know I thought his, I thought his hand was just loose. I didn't okay. know what was going on. So uh, special thanks to ProFish, Meat Crafters, and Central Farm Markets mm-hmm. for sponsoring the show. And let's get back to Corey and Mark. Um, you, you had asked Mark a question about uh, his Well, so Mark, given the history, well, given the hotel's history, did you sort of go back through time and see what was served and how they did it? And, and did that inspire you to help create the beverage menu? Absolutely. Um, so like I said, um, just a lot of research and just kind of digging through cocktail history mm-hmm. of the 1920s, uh, the Prohibition era, um, you know, gin and bourbon, um, you know, were the main the main hitters um so like this next drink that i have for you it's called our connecticut avenue Mm -hmm. um so um it's like also a very pretty glass i might add beautiful (laughs) um so it's it's our take on a manhattan which is uh we use uh joseph a magnus uh bourbon here in dc um and then we use carpano antica and then a little Pinot de Chirance, which is a French aperitif. Mm-hmm. So it. Uh, I would posit that if you drink the whole thing, you won't know if you're on Connecticut Avenue or not. <laughs> but, wow. Well, so good. let's talk about, given this change, Corey, of, of 2015, how the hotel is revamping and how it's continuing to revamp, like, moving forward. 100%. 100%. Sure. Um, so... To your point, Nikki, Mayflower been around since 1925, and mm-hmm. we've got this rich political history. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about an autograph, it's about how do we connect to the local community. And we had so many great things happening outside of the political piece that ties to Mayflower. And so Mark alluded to it, which is 1933, the repeal of D.C. prohibition, sure. and how we could have fun with that. And so mm-hmm. when I sort of researched the history, because I came on board to Mayflower in January of—no, in November of 17—it was we're so much more than all of the political scandal— uh, that has happened there, and it's about how do we sort of pull through prohibition and have Wait, fun with it. What kind of political scandal happened there? Wait, what well, did we, you, I know. Well, we did spend three days <laughs> locked in a room there, didn't we? <laughs> There's a few, but I mean, um, <clears throat> I, I brought on Mark, which is you know there has to be a funner side to Mayflower. I mean, when mm-hmm. you think about the political climate, when you think about sort of where the world is right now, we needed to find out. Why, is something going on? No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. A fun way into it. <laughs> right. Um, and so part of being the autograph is connecting to community and com- connecting to locality. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 94 years, we've seen the city evolve around us, and it was time that we sort of jumped in and were part of that. So let's get specific, because mm-hmm. you have some great stuff here. Talk about the Grooming Lounge connection. Absolutely. So this was, uh, obviously, with any hotel program, you have an amenity program, and um, if you are, in some cases, a chain hotel, there are certain amenities that you have to use, certain providers you have to use. Mm-hmm. And we really took a look at that and said, but really, do we have to? Um, and so we found um, Grooming Lounge, which is located on Connecticut and K. Right. Um, but it's also really one of the first sort of men's only salons, I'd like to say. Beauty shops. It, but it is. I mean, you know, it sort of took the trend of what was happening in the space for women. Absolutely. And applied it to men. And it's been very successful. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's been the sort of hidden secret. But the men, men want to look and smell good as well. And mm-hmm. I think... Um, sort of yeah, meeting you could, with you this could take vendor. Some notes there. Get out of here! <laughs> I smell pretty good, don't I? Corey? Meeting with yeah, you have. Don't You're I, fine. Corey? Come on, baby, come on. All right. <laughs> but being with grooming lounge, the great thing is we've sort of helped them grow, but also to your point, Nikki, which is they've got this men piece and allowing them to sort of branch out on the female piece as well has been key for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark alluded to Magnus. Um, and working with them, we've alluded to uh, we've got some other things that we do with Copper Fox, and it's just about we want to be a part of what's happening in D.C. and how do we sort of pull that through to a way that's relevant for us? Well, I think what's really interesting is that 
um, there probably was a time where it's like, well, we're the hotel yeah. and people come to us because they stay with us. And maybe there was a restaurant there at some point in time where like it was a hotel restaurant, but yeah. it was like, you know, fine dining. And now, you know, the landscape of the city has changed. And I think hotels are finding that they're not just for travelers. Nope. They're really also for the people who live here. Events are held there, weddings, bar mitzvahs, but also like day-to-day events and business meetings. And yeah. there's so many other avenues well, they, for they a hotel. they want to drive local traffic to their signature restaurants right. every they do. day. So. And sometimes hotels can't do that. But you sort of, you, you're sort of speaking my language. This is when I first walked in, I said, do we want to be a hotel restaurant or a restaurant, a really great restaurant that happens to be in a hotel? Exactly. And we looted the other way. And I think with the location of uh, Mayflower, we've always had a pretty great community buy-in to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really... Since I've been there and since me and Mark have partnered, it's been really about how do we sort of play along that? Because I think the old way of thinking is you built the hotel, you put a restaurant in it, and the the restaurant is there to serve the patrons of the hotel. Right. And we really need to sort of to turn the corner, and I well, think D.C.'s helping us, and we get to jump in and have some and Plus, you're getting too. the word out with PR dude extraordinaire Mark Indre. Shut up. Dude. Shout-out. Josh, did you hear that? I don't know if I've ever heard you called dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One, we got about one minute. Go quickly. Uh, the, the, the picnic in the park thing is interesting because you you're really partnering with the bid and mm-hmm. what they're doing at Farragut. So, 100%. So, um, if you were to sit at the Mayflower right now today, if you were in our guest room, is behind the bed, there is a signature wall that goes back to the dates and went. People used to sign in when they registered hotels. So we had Sophia Lauren, we had Humphrey Bogart, we had some great things. Did and we so, sign in? No. so the great thing is, is like I said, great political history. We've got a Hollywood side to us that I think DC's kind of hidden behind as well. Mm-hmm. And so the bid approached us and said, "Hey, what do we take a look at this?" And I said, "Well, let's let's sort of play a little bit with the park and let's sort of make create Mayflower moments. And how about if we had people pick up a Mayflower picnic?" Um, and sort of go there. And we actually taped off a space within the grass to make them feel like they had box. And how do we sort of make that sort of a different experience within That's the park? Cool. And so Smart. it was very cool for us. We started it last year, and it's something we're trying to figure out how do we evolve that for this year as well. Oh, that sounds like very a lot of fun. Smart. And lastly, you have signature scents. We do. So uh, in the spirit of working with locality, there is a, uh, a family, and I'm going to very briefly tell their story, two young boys um, they are homeschooled. Uh, they went to their friend's house, and obviously they had PlayStations and everything. And uh, they went back to their parents and said, well, I want one. And they said, get a job. And so thus their <laughs> candle company was born. Mm-hmm. And so we partnered with that family, and so we have some very special scents. So we went with whiskey sour sort of as an ode towards uh, – a whiskey sweet as an ode towards prohibition. Mm-hmm. We had one create around Sophia Loren because the Mayflower is the grand dame, but Sophia Loren – Fantastic, strong woman, the first per- woman to put together sort of an eyeglass line. So we felt that there was a independent women's tie there. Um, and so they have actually made some individual sense for us so that people can enjoy that scent. Very Excellent. smart. Excellent. All right. For those who don't know, and I don't know how that would be possible, please tell everybody where they can find you two at the Mayflower. Um, uh, once again, Corey Johnson at the Mayflower at 1127 Connecticut Avenue, right below DuPont Circle and right before K Street. But iconic building, you, to your point, you can't miss us. And Mark? You can catch us at Edgar Byron Kitchen. Excellent. Thank Great. you, Mark. Thank you. Lively's so GM in the business. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, Ryan, let's go back to you. A question for you, because you guys, uh, and I actually didn't read this anywhere I heard about it. You have a crazy happy hour going, too, right? I mean, we do a bunch of different things. I think what a lot of people remember is uh, last summer we did a bottomless glass of wine happy hour, which is a huge thing. Oh, my God. We're, where was I for that? Right? You I were mean, there. We, trust me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and we've what done, does that mean? What kind of wine? Uh, so we did a, a few different options. We did a really nice um, uh, uh, Azal from from Portugal, and then we also did a Garnacha. Um, mm-hmm. So just really light, crushable stuff, and it was it was literally eighteen dollars, and you could sit there all day and 
and just crush basically bottle, Are we doing this again? I feel like this is something I should know about. <laughs> this is something that we're talking about bringing back for sure because it was super popular. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun thing and not something you see a lot in D.C. too. So Not a profit um, center, but yeah. super popular. So but now, yeah. I know you're you're focusing your cocktails right now on cherry blossom because it's cherry blossom season. Sure. But that's short and sweet. What can we look forward to for summer? Uh, lot, lots of great things. Last um, summer we did a Ricky menu. We'll probably do some something similar to that too. I well, think there's that's... always like a huge Ricky competition, right? In July, isn't yeah, it? Right? Absolutely. I mean, it's just a, such a huge part. It's like the official cocktail of DC. So. I know somebody worked really hard to make that happen. They did. <laughs> so yeah, and I mean, it's always funny because cocktail lore, you know, is uh, is a lot more story than it is like truth mm-hmm. <laughs> for most Doesn't things. Doesn't that so. make anybody think of Lucille Ball? Oh, Ricky. Yes. No. no? Nobody. Oh, not well. a single person in here. I'm with you. Yeah. I want old enough to remember no, Lucille Ball. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we want to thank you for all the delicious cocktails today. Can you tell everybody where we can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Momofuku, 1090 I Street, City Center. Please come see us. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, this was a lively show. Everything you heard about on the show today, you can find more info on the list, com, Nikki's mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else? Follow her on WTOP live every Thursday at 1240. True. Uh, follow her on Twitter, Instagram, Insta Stories, Insta Everything. Mm-hmm. You have and... like crumbs in your beard. Oh, okay. Well, that's for later. And um, <laughs> what can I say? Old hippies, you know, that's what you do. You keep the food in your beard. I don't know. what. Uh, and stories. what else? That's it. I'm done. Okay, great. Well, so we want to thank all of our guests who are in studio today. Can we get a round of applause? Yay. Hello for yourselves. It turned yeah. out to be pretty live. Oh, Andrew very... Dane is too cool to clap. Oh, He's I know. Clicking I mean, we could have told you that. Man. Anyway, I want to thank you all for joining us today. Everything was delicious, amazing cocktails, fabulous pastry, and those bagels. I mean, I'll tell you, man, they killed it this morning. So thank you. Um, next week's show is not happening because this girl is going to be in Vegas. But the following week, we have the chef from RPM coming in studio. Detour Coffee is going to be pouring. And also, the Embassy Chef Challenge is back. We're going to be bringing a bunch of Embassy Chefs in studio talking about how they're going to battle it out once they get to the big event at the the end of April. Um, So again, we want to thank you all for joining us today. You can watch everything on Facebook Live. Also, you can hear this show by going to thelistareyouonit.com and downloading it. You can hear it just like a podcast. We also have another show called Industry Night at the Line Hotel. There is no show tomorrow but because of the Rammy nominations, but you can download every show at fullserviceradio.org. And we're also on both shows are on iTunes. Hello. Go to iTunes as well. So thank you again for joining us today. Everybody have a delicious week.